Welcome everybody. My name is Rob Scott from UC Today and today I'm joined by Ian Sinnott, Sales and Marketing Director of Vanilla IP. And today we're going to be talking about moving from desk to mobile communications. So Ian, thanks for joining me, joining me today. In, in light of the current pandemic, never has been a better time to talk about moving from desk to mobile communications. So before we get stuck in, how about we start with a quick intro? Uh, yes, hi Rob. Yes, uh, Ian Sinnott, Sales and Marketing Director of Vanilla IP for my sins. And um, it, it is a very unusual time, but it fits in with exactly our reason for being, which is to take communication services to the cloud to make things flexible and adaptable. Um, and I suppose all we've had to do personally as a company is adjust to the pace of change that some of our prospects and our customers have had to go through. Um, but this is what cloud communications is, is about, and, and I see us as, as playing a very vital role at the moment. So it's a challenging time, um, but it fits with what we've tried to develop as businesses in, in, in line with some of the other players in our industry as well. So we'll take the challenge on and we'll use the tools that we've got to uh, help British business the best we can. Great. Thanks, Ian. And Vanilla IP are well-placed. You know, you've been around a while. Uh, you've been doing cloud comms longer than probably most providers here in the UK and in light of I suppose the pandemic there's been a mad rush to, to move to kind of uh, move to home uh, go home and, and work and move to a kind of mobile uh, or flexible kind of uh, cloud-based solutions so what I'm really interested in today is to kind of firstly to have a look at the options available to organizations uh, that are looking to move away from the desk um, we have seen rapid adoption of cloud communications in, in, in recent years. I think what I think you said earlier was around 20, 25% now in the cloud. Yeah, I think, well, it, it's an interesting thing because you can always feel guilty about our performance as cloud suppliers because only 25% of the marketplace had fully adopted a cloud solution. And, and in that, some of the cloud solutions are a bit more of a PBX replacement than a true cloud solution. So maybe we could or should have done a better job in, in, in getting people more geared up for this sort of thing. But I think when we go back to working as normal, there'll be an open mindset into what we need to do. We've launched into a full home worker solution for many people, and that's quite a big jump, and it's not necessarily where they're going to want to finish off. But by having a portfolio of solutions which are um, user-specific, we, we aim to have a feature-appropriate user service delivered to people. We should see flexibility. If more people had flexibility of where and how they work, they would be already geared to immediately leap home. So that, that's something that business will learn, that flexibility isn't necessarily um, a threat to productivity or a threat to teamwork. It's merely a flexibility that allows people to enjoy a better work-life balance, but it pre-prepares people for the working from home if required, and it skills people up in the use of the tools which can make working away from the office as productive and as effective as working in the office. So when we set out to develop a much more expansive um, mobility capability and we, 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 we started to talk about the various reasons why people would move further away from their desk, either roaming throughout uh, a building roaming across a site, perhaps, you know, things like school caretakers and school IT people who go scurrying around. Then talking about occasional working away from the office, so traveling 
salespeople or support people, um, people who will occasionally work from different sites and people who work from home. And then out to the unusual crowd that you might say, which is the, the fully fledged home worker. So as I said, bizarrely, we're out at fully-fledged homeworker at the present time. And even those of us who enjoy working from a well-organized, well-equipped home office kind of like getting back in with the team and, and having that team spirit, that physical contact, um, we, we will need to drift back to the most appropriate mix. But certainly this sort of capability range means that we can get people working away from home. But again, yeah. the, other thing, the other thing that we're faced with, Robert, is, is that not everybody lives around the London area. Not everybody's got super fast broadband when they go home. And so the portfolio of, of services that we deliver on mobility must cater for the different challenges that a home worker, remote worker or traveling worker has. Um, and that means portfolio of services and full cloud flexibility of contract. If it's more than 30 days, it's a risk for the customer to adopt something. So again, part of our methodology is to say we should produce products that can be turned on and turned off according to requirement, and the contract terms should be cloud, should be 30 days. Yeah, that's a really good point. But also we have lots, we have flexible technology options, don't we? We have lots of choice nowadays in terms of what type of technology we take away from the desk. I mean, could you expand on that a little bit more in terms of what we define nowadays as, as mobility tools in business? Yeah, sure. Choice isn't, isn't always a buyer's favorite thing because they have to learn a little bit more. But the idea of choice is, is as I said, to match it up to the way people work and the jobs that people have to do. So um, uh, if you start off with soft phones, um, so we've got soft phones on mobiles and we've got soft phones on PCs, which means the two core devices, and I still believe these will be the devices that win out in the long run. Um, the office tool is a laptop and a mobile phone. But across the mobile phone, you have the option of having an IP soft phone app. Now that might have collaboration and video capabilities, et cetera, but you, you run it over IP, which means we're looking at Wi-Fi or we're looking at 4, 5G, static, stable communication. We've then got the more roaming experience where you can't rely on the data network to necessarily carry a voice call and stream a voice call. So we've got some really interesting call control apps which use a bit of data to give you the full uh, interactive extension experience but drives the voice itself across a GSM call which is a much more stable and proven voice path. And then we've moved on um, what we're launching at the moment and, and we've held it back a few days just because there's so much activity going on with regards to the, uh, the, the already available services is we have a, a fully integrated SIM card. It's a UK network roaming SIM card, but that means that um, the voice uh, is a, a, a native dialer. It uses a native dialer on a phone, drives a voice call as if it was an extension. You can use short code dialing. And for people who are wandering around in the less well-covered areas of the country or driving a car and using a car kit to initiate and receive calls, uh, this just means that you've got a really effective extension for your voice services. So again, it's user-defined, it's user-case-defined. You can have one application, you can have more than one application if, if, if the benefits can prove against the costs. Um, but we need to drill down into saying what do people need. And then I suppose the last thing is mobility is often related just to this idea of, of my DDI, my requirements. 
but equally I'm a team player. So I need to have mobility of my call cues, my, my omni-channel uh, contact center cues, you know, chat cues, that sort of thing. I need to be able to take the application of business services wherever I go. So again, we've got apps that sit on PCs uh, or sit on laptops, which can make me as effective in a cost of coffee somewhere if I was allowed back in a cost of coffee. But I can, I can sit in a cost of coffee and be a call center agent as well as I can sitting at home or in my office. So all of these fit into the, the flexibility mix. And what we ask buyers to do is to trade the fact that we're not going to ask for a long contract um, on these particular applications. But they need to open up and describe the problem or the challenge or the requirement better. Um, and they need to talk about the workforce and how the workforce work. And between us, I think we can really come up with some highly productive and well-tailored solutions, um, which may use two, three, four different options to cover their team, but to give them the, the effectiveness and the productivity that technology should be able to deliver. Great. Thanks, Ian. And how are your partners and ultimately your end customers responding to this flexibility? Because we're, we're moving way beyond just a, a simple IP phone on the desk nowadays, aren't we? Well, we are. It's funny. Only two weeks ago today, probably about three hours ago, two weeks ago today, I was standing in front of a group of about 100 education um, buyers, uh, business managers from schools and academies, talking about flexibility and talking about this. And the, the, one of the things that they really react well to is this whole idea that for application services like these mobility services, the fact that it's true cloud, the fact that it's 30 days, the fact they can make a mistake and redeem themselves from it by canceling the service makes them much more confident in entering into a detailed discussion about how good things can be achieved. We're hunting positive business outcomes, um, but you can only do that in, in partnership with the, with the buyer, with, in partnership with the customer. So the fact that they feel liberated enough to talk freely about their challenges and hunt down a solution makes our job plenty uh, easier. Um, what we, the way that we try and encapsulate this is to say that we're actually going to take the risk. So if, if a reseller salesperson wrongly identifies or deliberately wrongly identifies an application that should be landed, it's not going to land for long. The revenue is not going to be big. It's, it's, it's going to get turned down in 30, 60 or 90 days when it proves itself not to be valid. So as suppliers, we're taking the risk of identifying the right technology. Um, we simply ask the, 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 the customer to be more forthright in describing the challenge and what we're trying to get over. But it's fun. I mean, it makes for a much better, a fun conversation. None of us in the sales world like to talk to a buyer who didn't want to tell us anything because we were afraid we were going to stitch him up with a, with a big price. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I was keen to explore. We're right in the middle. It's the end of March 2020. We're right in the middle of corona, this kind of coronavirus pandemic. Uh, the UK is being hit pretty hard. Uh, we're now being asked to work from home. And there seems a massive surge in video conferencing uh, requirements across the, across the world and across the UK. What role does video have in all this? Because we're seeing everyone rush out and go home and the first thing they want is video conferencing well that's not the only choice out there in the marketplace to to provide a homeworking solution is it so i was keen to kind of get your perspective on that really in, in terms of look you've got all this choice uh where does video fit into 
into the kind of overall strategy? I think in the last 18 months, we'd actually seen video find its place for the first time. I, I've always rejected video as, as a luxury item um, because, you know, in the old days, it was bandwidth hungry and never helped us as suppliers. Um, effectively, collaboration meetings, screen sharing, working through documents, being able to share and discuss stuff as if you're around a boardroom was much more important than, than being able to see each other. But now that video is so much easier to do, and now that you can thumbnail it in the corner while you're talking about a document, really helps me as a salesperson, as well as being vanilla IP sales and marketing director, I'd lead the sales effort for UBOS, the, the our cloud management portal internationally. And we do all of those sales remotely. Um, I think I've only ever met one of my customers once before we actually closed a deal. But as a salesperson, if I can see the way your eyebrows lift when I show you a, a, a piece of functionality, it tells me a lot more than what you're prepared to tell me yourself. So visual contact as a salesperson, as a business person is quite important. And I think we've become accustomed enough to, uh, to, to looking at people on video now to use it positively rather than feel reticent and, 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 and sort of almost embarrassed by it. So it's become a much more positive engagement tool. Um, and now with Corona and, and such a wide workforce going home, people unfamiliar with being away from the workplace, genuinely, I think it'll play a massive part in, in the sort of mental well-being of people as they feel worried, as they feel isolated. You know, if you were on the social media last week, you'd have seen our team having beer o'clock as normal. Uh, or slightly abnormal. I don't think there's, there's, no, there's nothing normal about beer o'clock in our place. But just to be able to let your hair down, just to be able to have a bit of a laugh, just to remember that you've got friends and colleagues out there who are who are still batting along the same as you. I think it's. I think it will play a huge role in the next three months. I think it will drop down again, and we'll get a little bit more boring and a bit more practical when we when we're back in the normal cycle of things. But I think collaboration meetings. I think video meetings. I think work flexibility, I think preparedness for being away from the office will become the new norm. Um, and I think that will accelerate the adoption of the right mobility tool by every individual. Um, and it will persuade businesses that however much we've had a love affair with the phone on the desk and however much we might keep a few of them lying around because they're convenient and helpful and nice and we like them, um, the strategy is about flexibility, the use of modern technology, the training of how to use modern technology. You and I are quite familiar with video meetings and we're comfortable. But if you're new to remote meetings, there are different skills that you have to adopt. You have to talk differently, ask questions differently, bring people into a discussion differently, behave better on a conference call so you don't all talk over each other. There's an element of tutorial and, and development that the user has to go through regardless of which technology you happen to be piping into, there is a skill set change that comes with the technology change. But I think we're going to have one of the, the fastest learning curves you've ever seen in history um, uh, as people are forced to, to take two or three months out of the office space and work in a different way. Yes, indeed. And, and, and that 25% cloud adoption here in the UK, for example, well, I imagine, and would you agree that we're going to see a, a much faster adoption curve now 
for cloud well, services, cloud, cloud I, communication services? I think we must. I think we must because I think businesses owe it to themselves to be fleet of foot. I think businesses will be shown and how, how simple it is. Uh, you will have people that you talk to who go, well, of course, it was really easy. We just went home. And other people who are going, well, how come it can be that easy? We're going through pain. So there will be a peer effect. I think it'll, it puts um, uh, us all under an obligation to make it easy to do cloud. And, and that's why we've got you know, 100 people in the development team, all working from home, by the way, um, 100 people in the development team producing UBOS, because in order to do true cloud, in order to offer this flexibility of portfolio, you must be able to orchestrate them easily. You have to be able to turn them off, turn them on, make sure that you capture the contract rule and the, uh, and the tariff event. You make sure that there's a billing event, otherwise nobody gets paid. So it's not just the technology that we deploy, it's how we deploy it, it's how we control it, it's how the business reports on it, it's what the analytics that come out of it are, it's, it's how we, we cater for things like contact centers uh, away from home. But um, I think if I, were, if I were the owner of a PBX base, uh, I'd be giving myself three months to convert my customers to the cloud because they are getting a taste of what it's like not to have the latest tools, and they're probably taking over the top services from video meeting uh, suppliers and that sort of thing. And one of the questions will be, they'll be asking when they get back to the offices, why am I still in the old world for my core technology? Why have I not been shown the way? Especially if they're talking to people who went, yeah, yeah, no worries, most of us work from home anyway, so it was no bother. There is going to be a realization that the world moved some time ago, it's just been moving a bit slowly. Yes, and as a partner first business, how, how do you see the role of the channel partner kind of going over the next kind of 12 months on the back of this pandemic? Do you see that, that role changing? Do they need to you know, re-look at their, their kind of customer engagement strategy and how they, they, they're educating the customers around these options? Well, I think we, I mean, we, funnily enough, we just finished two really big training course sessions in January, February, where we, we provided the um, salespeople of some of our partners with a thousand pounds worth of, of um, uh, applications, uh, application licenses, so that they can demonstrate either face-to-face -face or remotely a bunch of productivity tools and a bunch of different application options. They are already into this world of solution selling on a cloud basis. So the first thing that they sell is the flexibility of the agreement and the fluidity of the services to relax the customer into this different way of working. And then they are talking about the various business outcomes that the customer is after and how the applications fit both to the challenge and to the people who are challenged because it's, it's as much about the user, the end user, as it is about the, the challenge that they're trying to overcome. So I'm pretty happy that we made a decision maybe two years ago with our partners that we were gonna to move to this cloud-based, fully solution selling, multiple application uh, environment. UBOS allows the reseller to bring in services that we don't actually provide. So if they don't think one of my apps is best in class, they can go off and get it from somebody else and bring it into UBOS and just bring it into their mix. But I think more of the, more of the successful businesses will be the ones that articulate a portfolio of choice that they truly believe in and that they as a business can both deliver, support, train, 
and and manage and report on um, on behalf of the customer. So yeah, I think it changes the old world. What price, how many is is not good enough. It, it needs to be what are the challenges, who are the people, and how can we best overcome it? Followed by let's meet in three months and see how we're doing. Let's meet in three months and see how we're doing. Let's meet in three months and say, see how we're doing. It's a continuous relationship. The sales process died. The account management or the perpetual buying process was born when cloud turned into proper cloud. And that's the methodology that we'll choose to follow. That's superb, and I, I really do agree with those points. There's some great insights there in terms of where we're going in, the, in terms of the market as well. And I'm going to just round this up a little bit now, but I wanted to just get a little bit more of a kind of uh, explanation around the mobile C, uh, UC proposition that you've got just coming out now, and and, how, and maybe how can you know interested partners and even end customers uh, find out more about about their service well it, 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 we, we'd love to engage we'll have a virtual meeting with anybody that's the way we prefer to do it anyway because it saves a bit of petrol um, uh, and and uh, time and everything but no, the, the idea is that the, the, the new sim that's coming through is to engage on one of the business challenges that we weren't dealing with as well as we wanted to which was the truly mobile uh, worker or somebody who needed to be you working on a device that didn't cost 500 quid so, you know, we're talking about, you know, somebody with a 20 pound Tesco phone can have a fully interactive uh, call recorded extension and go visiting sites and visiting homes and all that sort of thing. All the way up to running a smartphone with lots of applications on it, but in an integrated SIM, which also reports the mobile native dialer calls within the same call recording platform, within the same call logging platform that sits within the UBOS portal. So I think it's an, a really important, but quite a simple addition to the portfolio. It's using GSM to make a call. It's just interacting that as if you were an extension within the system. Add that to the fact that we've got great UC1. The UC1 product from Cisco Broadsoft is, is really matured and is a great um, uh, remote meeting tool and, and soft phone and, and, and that sort of thing. We've got the Unity apps, which mean we can call control pretty much any device, uh, be it mobile or, or be it desktop or even a home phone if you're stuck at home and you've got no devices to work with. So we've got call control, we've got IP, full IP services, and we've got GSM-based SIM card services. Within the mix of that, and within the mix of headsets, handsets, and, and how people like to work, we've got a solution that will uh, arm everybody within an organization. Um, but we love to use the logic that not everybody gets armed the same way. We tool them appropriately. Absolutely. It sounds like you've got all bases covered there, Ian. So, uh, well, I, I hope so. It's, it's hard work. And, and again, sometimes I feel for the salespeople who come from uh, a, a very regimented, um, you know, simplistic bundle everything and then see what people dip into uh, to articulating a, a full solution cell. But most of the salespeople we meet on the training courses are hungry to get back to that sort of thing. They, they, they're, they're perhaps a little disappointed that our business nearly became as commoditized as the mobile business when we've still got so much exciting new stuff to articulate, then we should be talking about the benefits of all of the different application services and, and, and tools that we've got, not just chucking them out there and seeing what the customers pick up out of their own self-learning. Mm, absolutely. Hey, Ian, 
I'd like to thank you for coming on UC Today's uh, session today. It's been really interesting getting to know more about, you know, your solution, how you provide that to end, you know, channel partners and end customers. So, well, thanks for that. I would like to say before we go, uh, we, as you know, we're all a bit of a community and I've got a bunch of competitors out there who will be busily taking the mickey out of me on Facebook or LinkedIn after I've done this interview. But I think we're all doing a really good job. I think genuinely the support desks and the um, uh, account managers and the salespeople of all of the organizations that are in the cloud space have done as much as they can over the last week or so to, to mobilize uh, UK business and we'll continue to do that for the next little while um, so whenever we get released out of our houses Rob I think you guys should host a beer down somewhere and we'll all come and uh, and, and breathe a sigh of relief that we can go back to business in, in, uh, as usual but reading some of the stuff that goes out in the press I think everybody's working really hard to use what's clever stuff but in a in a good way just to get people off off a difficult point um, and we'll see where we go from there indeed Ian and yeah thank you very much once again and uh, stay safe and well uh, will do and if anybody wants to come and find out more about Vanilla IP we of course are uh, open for business as normal we're happy to help thanks Ian cheers Rob <laughs>